How can we as entrepreneurs create and grow an online business that generates consistent income so we can live a comfortable lifestyle without working crazy hours? This podcast is designed to answer that question. I'm your host, Haley Burkhead. Thank you for tuning in and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. I know we're going to be talking about how you basically created an amazing side hustle that was profitable and sustainable while working for someone else. And I know we have a lot of people in this audience that are side hustling and it's not like their side hustle isn't producing profit, but it's in a way that they're just working way too hard and it's really hard to balance it. Like that's the problem that I've been seeing. And so I'm very excited for you to dive in and, and go through the experience that you did and how you were able to come in on the other side where a lot of people wish they were. Um, but before we go and dive into all that, like tell us a little bit about your brand, who you are, what you do. Yeah. So I'm Megan Mins of MeganMins.com and I have definitely done quite a few things in my business. I have the classic entrepreneurial story of pivoting quite a few times. At least that's classic in my mind. Um, so I actually started out doing graphic design work, pivoted to virtual assistant work and really found my zone in the systems and operations world of the online space. So I spent quite a few years being a virtual assistant and a project manager and now I've actually been, um, since we're talking about side hustling, I've been a full-time chief operations officer for the past year. And now I'm starting to focus a little bit more on my side hustle again and doing some coaching and continuing to sell some digital products. So I really focus on productivity, uh, time management, wellness, self-care, personal development, all that fun stuff. So it's been a bit of a journey, but it's been an exciting one. And I'm really excited to talk about 2018 in particular and how I did manage to have a full-time job and a profitable and very passive, which I know is such a cliche word, but a passive business Mm -hmm. the past year. It was awesome. So I want to say before we like dive into the how to, um, and I've already told Megan this because we met at, well, met first in person at a Palm Springs pool party that we threw. And I told Megan, I said, you know, the first time I found out about you, one of my friends messaged me because at that time, like I taught Asana, Asana for the Entrepreneur was really one of my only products that I had, um, as a course. And so I was like, you're trying to get known for Asana and all this stuff. And one of my friends that used to be in my mastermind texted me and said, OMG, this girl, Megan Mintz, just had an Asana course and she copied you. No, she did not. Yeah. But like, you know, a little dramatic over here. And obviously, and at that point, like you had a bigger audience than I did. So like if any, <laughs> it was just like it's a just whole funny. thing. Yeah. Like your YouTube channel was amazing. Well, and still is amazing. Like you had a much bigger audience than I did at that time. I was like this little, had this marketing agency. So I didn't have a big online presence because I didn't need it. And so anyways, but that's the first time I found out about you and I loved your approach and I didn't buy your course because I, and specifically because I didn't want to integrate what you were teaching into what I was teaching. Um, But I mean, I recommend people to you now. And I think it's like this story that if someone's teaching the same thing as you, or if someone has like a similar thing, you have to view them as competition. But I think that we're like living proof that even back then we were teaching the same thing. And I still talked about Megan Men's and I still like told people to follow her and people bought her course over mine sometimes. And I was totally fine with that because I mean, community over competition, it's a real thing. And yeah. 
I yeah. Agree. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love that we're doing this because mm-hmm. even though neither of us are necessarily like, oh, 100% Asana expert right. is our business. Right. Um, I just love that we're having this conversation because I think it's so easy to fall into that trap of like, well, yeah. I can't. I can't be friends with them. I can't talk to them. And that's just not how I want to live my life. And I'm like, we can both love and teach Asana and still be friends and still teach other things and still compliment one another. I don't know. So I'm super excited that we're talking today and going to be on each other's podcasts because we hopefully will, this will be a trend. We see more and more people who maybe Mm -hmm. teach more things, uh, still collaborating and working together and referring each other, being friends. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think, comp- especially in this industry, like there is no competition period. Yeah. I, and if you do feel like anyone's competition, it is very scarcity mindset. And mm-hmm. I do have to say, if someone in your life has that mindset, like maybe that's a, a point of figuring out whether or not you need to keep chatting with them all the time, you know? Yeah. yeah so, that kind of mentality is pretty toxic and it's hard. <laughs> if everyone around you has that mentality, it's hard to fight it. So you definitely have to yeah. I think protect that with, with your own mindset. Totally. Okay. Now let's dive into the, your wonderful thing that you've built as a side hustle. Cause I know you were chief operating officer. That's not something that's just like an easy job where you have a ton of free time <laughs> on your hands and you yep. built a side hustle at the same time. That's very passive. So tell us what it was like, first of all, just to balance, like well, yeah, let's start there. There's so many questions I have, but let's I just know. start there. <laughs> yeah, we'll start there. I'm sure we'll talk about all of it. Yeah. But basically, it wasn't always easy, for sure. And I never like to sugarcoat side hustle mentality as like super easy and always fun. I think it's just a lot about prioritization. And really, I think I did a podcast episode about this recently, but just you have to reset your expectations. And so I definitely knew that I wasn't going to have a side business. I couldn't have a side business that was super demanding of my time. If I set it up that way, then it, it would fail ultimately. And I would be on the path to burnout, which I really didn't want to do. So I was working full-time as a COO, like you said, demanding full-time job. And I was really focused just early mornings and evenings. Um, and really not even that often. I mean, for all of 2018, I would probably do like one hour of work on my side business. Um, I would say now that I'm starting to do podcasting and do more content creation again, that time has definitely increased. But in 2018, I released maybe three pieces of content and maybe three emails. A lot of my selling was due to work I had done previously. So it's not that I was able to build something and do nothing. It was a lot of previous work paying off for me over the course of the year. So I really sold exclusively digital products. So Mm -hmm. things that people could just download, start using. There was no, you know, Facebook group with it. There was no ongoing support. There was no services. It was truly digital products. So the, once the product was created, it was completely passive. Mm. And that was key is having a really passive product suite. And then I just sold primarily, I had YouTube videos and really good blog posts that I had already created or did create at the beginning of the year that all directly fed to my products. So anytime people were finding my content, it was a direct link to purchasing a product or opting in and getting a tripwire offer. Mm -hmm. So truly that was how I was making my money last year. And it allowed me to really just check in and do customer service was how I spent my time. I didn't really have to do anything else. It was interesting. How, how much time did customer service take up? Gosh, not very much. I mean, at most, you know, my inbox, because they were really passive products, I 
there's not a high customer right. support demand. And I did a really good job, I think, of when I created the products, including some FAQs within the courses mm-hmm. themselves. So I had like training videos in there. So you're buying a $12 spreadsheet. You're not just getting a link to the spreadsheet. You're getting detailed instructions on how to use it. You're getting like two to four video tutorials of how to use it and customize it. And I was really good and am really good about taking the customer service questions I do get and actually adding them mm. into the course right away. So I think I've done a really good job of filtering out what could have been a higher customer service requirement and just building it into the product itself. And so questions I usually get are just maybe some technical people don't understand how to use a Google doc or really basic things like that. Um, so very light, I mean like 30 minutes a week, potentially, um, potentially less some weeks and potentially more other weeks. Yeah. I, I think this is good whether you're at a side hustle or not. I mean, look at what your customers are asking and then integrate it into a client application form, into an FAQ, into a handbook when they purchase. I love that. Okay. So now going back to you're sitting here, you have how many products again? So, um, at, in 2018, I had a sauna HQ. I right. had a convert kit email template so mm. someone could customize their emails. Love and it. then I had two $12 spreadsheets. Okay. Wow. And then and- I did affiliate and all of those are under a hundred dollars. So a sauna, yeah, I was about to ask that convert kits, 47, two spreadsheets at $12. Perfect. And then, um, I've done a decent job. Affiliate marketing has never been a huge, huge focus. Um, it will be in 2019 or is in 2019, but in 2018, it was a lot of just, um, like links from Amazon software recommendations, Mm. especially since my business, I talk and used to talk a lot more about tech and software. Um, so I think affiliate commission was a good chunk of that, but the most of it was, was just products. I love that. And then on the back end, I mean, you could even promote affiliates, on the back end of that too. Yeah. Um, I could have done so much more. (laughs) I definitely don't. 2018 was not like a, I don't think it's a case study for like how everyone should always plan for their year to be. Um, but I was very proud. I don't know if we've said the number or not, but I made $48,000 in 2018 on the Mm -hmm. side and just from those products. And so that was a really big, um, big accomplishment. And it was kind of unintentional since I was focused on my full-time job. I just let my business maintain and support and, Um, you know, I did set out at the beginning of the year wanting to do more content creation. And like we talked about us, you know, earlier, I really had to prioritize where I was going to spend my time and decide what I was willing to compromise in my health and my happiness and work. And, um, it ended up just being a lot less and I wish I had done more. Sure. But I was really proud at the end of the year to look back and say, wow, even though I felt like I wasn't doing anything, the foundation that I had in place still served not only my clients, but was profitable. And, you know, it's kind of funny in the online space. I think we get talking to a friend about this yesterday, actually. It's so easy to feel like you have to be making six figures or seven figures to like be of any kind of value or anything. And it's just crazy because my first two full-time out of college jobs were like the salary was less than $48,000. And it's Mm -hmm. like, here I am being like, Oh, I just made it on the side, this little business. And it's like, no, that's, that's like life-changing money. And that yes. made a huge difference in our family's life last year. And it's like, that is not something to take for granted. And so mm-hmm. I think it was a really good realization for me to celebrate and to be yeah. proud of what I've accomplished. And it honestly motivated me to do more with my business mm-hmm. in 2019. Be like, you know what? I hardly did anything. We can do, we can do more and see it grow again. So I don't know. I, little, I love little that. <laughs> 
No, I love that. I, t- I totally agree with you. And I think it's also a lesson of like done is better than perfect. Like, yeah. could you have added all those affiliate links on the back end? Yes. But it be, I think a lot of people use that as like a procrastination technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, I, I can't release this course because I don't have an affiliate on the back end or all this stuff. And then they like wait for two more months until they find the perfect affiliate. Then they integrate it because they feel like they're going to lose money. When in reality, you said, no, like you didn't overthink things. Like you put yeah. things out there and then you let it do your work. And I, I love what you said too about how you felt like you weren't really doing anything. And I think that the most successful, profitable businesses, especially in our industry, kind of make you feel like that sometimes because you're not overthinking every step. You're not paralyzed by the decision-making. You're putting it out there and you're letting your marketing system do its thing. So I love it. Okay. And then let's transition to marketing because you felt like you were doing nothing, but what kind of marketing did you provide um, to get these sales? Yeah. So I would say, um, cause I just like to be super transparent. And so I did more marketing in 2017 that I believe is why I was able to generate revenue in 2018 without doing as much marketing. So I definitely from December, 2016 is when I started my YouTube channel and that made the world of a difference for me for increasing my audience and my reach. Um, but I have never been a great case study in YouTube because I never really was able to do it every single week. I feel like I would go like two months at a time and then take a break and then two months at a time and take a break. But I think what was really important was that the content I was putting out, if you're going to not do a lot of content, the content you do create needs to be super strategic. And all of the content I was making on and off was very SEO strategic, was very targeted. I knew exactly why I was creating it and what the call to action was. And that's not always the most fun type of content to create, but you know, it's the most effective. And so I think that's why it worked for me as well. Now that I'm doing a weekly podcast, I feel like I have a bit more room to be creative, to explore, to not feel like every piece of content has to be super targeted. But I think if you're going to do less content, you do have to be really intentional about what the title is, what the URL is, you know, what your tags are and, and really do that. So for me, it was YouTube and that was a really fun medium. And I still love YouTube and would love to put more energy there again. But, um, that was a big thing in 2017. So I never did, you know, I didn't do weekly videos the whole year, but I had really specific pieces of content that led to sales over 2018. So I did start out in 2018 in January. I think I had two YouTube videos that went live, you know, around goal setting and then one in September and then one later in the year. So I only did four YouTube videos in 2018. And then I sent out, I sent out like three emails and one of them was GDPR. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I hadn't emailed my list in like months. And I was like, here's a GDPR email. You know, (laughs) you don't want to be on my list. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like the marketing itself, um, a lot of the work had been done up front, um, that led me to have, um, a really successful year because, um, I don't know if this has been super clear. If people don't don't know my story, I did not work full time. From um, I quit my full time job in 2015 and was working uh, for myself full time in 2016 and 2017. And so it wasn't until February of 2018 that I started a full time job again for one of my clients. So that's where the shift kind of happened. I had more bandwidth to create more content in 2017, and then mm. I no longer did last year. 
So that content kind of became an evergreen sales machine. Absolutely. Yeah, it, absolutely. Um, and one of my best tricks for passive products, especially the really affordable, like under $50 mm-hmm. price point, my secret sauce to selling products like that has been to create a YouTube video that is just a walkthrough of how to use the spreadsheet. And I literally show every tab in the spreadsheet, how I use it, what I use it for. And that is a piece of content that's on YouTube. It's on my blog. And so there's a whole blog post um, that's like how to track the, the metrics for your business. And then I have that video showing how I do it in my spreadsheet. And I say, feel free to create this yourself or just pay $12 and buy mine right now. And a lot of people just want to buy it for $12 and save themselves right. the time. And that's been kind of like the easiest way I think I make a lot of sales on affordable products is I very transparently show them what the product is, right. how I use it, what the benefits are, why they need something like this in a non-salesy kind of way. It's kind of like a backwards sales video. <laughs> and so no, totally. that has been really helpful for me. Um, so that's, that's done. Like really effective videos have done the heavy lifting for me, I think. God, that's amazing. So how do you suggest people leverage content like that? Yeah, I think, I, I think whether you're side hustling or not, you have to understand, like I said, how effective does each piece of content need to be? And I would suggest when you're just starting out and you're looking to build an audience, you should really be super focused on SEO. And that might sound overwhelming. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to know everything about SEO, but familiarize yourself with, you know, the highlight, like the biggest chunks and create content that has a title that you think will re- directly relate to um, not only what people are searching, which is the whole point of SEO, but to one of your products. And sometimes I know a lot of people talk about having free downloads um, associated with a product, like a content upgrade. I think that's super effective. If you have a related product, offer that as an upsell as soon as they opt in. I don't know. I don't want to get too much into like sales funnels necessarily, but there are really easy ways to just add a couple bucks when someone opts into your list. And if you have really affordable products, it's just so easy. I think it's, it doesn't get harder. It gets more complicated when you have really expensive products. Um, I just have really affordable products that a lot of people would consider and that like no brainer price point. And so just adding those in sometimes even directly to a piece of content. I have several YouTube videos that just directly link to the checkout page for a product. Mm. So you don't always have to hide it behind a tripwire, but sometimes it can be effective. Did that answer your question? I feel like I just went on this no. like marketing spiral. <laughs> no, I loved that marketing spiral. I loved following you through it. <laughs> um, okay. No, that, that totally makes sense. So basically what you're saying is one, figure out a low cost, completely passive product that you can yes. sell. Two, make sure that whenever you're creating content, it is very, very strategic and purpose that can basically become your evergreen sales engine. And three, as you keep getting customer support questions, keep updating your product so you get less customer support questions about that. Um, That's kind of what I'm hearing the strategy is here. And what I love about that is because, you know, if, if you've heard what I've said online, I say, creating content doesn't create profit. I say that all the Mm. time. And what I mean by that is not this. What I mean by that is people blog or people create YouTube videos because it's a checkbox instead Mm. of it being strategic. And you're sitting here using content as an evergreen sales machine. And you know your audience so well that the content you're creating is so strategic and that's why it's profitable. So I love this example. 
Yeah. Thanks for taking all that and turning it into three lovely steps. It's <laughs> like watching so your welcome. brain work. And I'm like, wow, she's taking all of my gibberish and turning it into very clear steps. <laughs> I say that. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I've done. And even though I have more time to work on my business now, those are still foundational truths to mm -hmm. how I want to, that's how I plan to grow the business. Cause I still don't necessarily want to have work all the time and I don't want to have yeah. to hustle all the time. Right. And so I think these are fundamental truths that I kind of accidentally tested mm. last year that I feel very excited to continue to expand on in different ways this year in 2019. I, I love that. So, um, you're sitting here side hustle, $48,000, which is amazing. And now you're going into growing it. What's your plan? I know that a lot of people find themselves going from a full-time job and you can actually create a more profitable, sustainable business in less hours because you're, um, you know, like the time window, you're not yeah, filling yeah. up a lot of time. Yeah. How do you plan on still making this sustainable? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I do feel like right now I have, I still have my full-time job. I'm still side hustling. I've been trying to take advantage of the past month or two to be a little bit more exploratory with the content I create and let myself have a little bit more of that freedom. Because as I redefine my personal brand, you know, I, I don't want to be known as just the Asana expert or the Squarespace expert. I really am trying to talk more about productivity, mm -hmm. you know, balancing a business and having a lifestyle that you actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, I did a survey, this is related, I did a survey earlier this year to my audience and I asked, what is your biggest challenge in your business and what is your biggest challenge in your personal life? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people answered the personal life question and mm -hmm. said they don't have one. And I was like, that's a problem <laughs> and I want to fix it. It's an easy problem to fall into as an entrepreneur, um, full-time or not. And I really feel like that's not how I like to live my life. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to have a social life. You know, my husband, and I want to have a family. These are all things that yeah. I, I believe you can have it all. doesn't mean yeah. it's perfectly balanced, yeah. uh, but you can have it and you don't really have to make those sacrifices. And that's what I want to talk about. Productivity, wellness, self-care, um, business strategy, how to, how to build it all to me, a business, um, a lot of people talk about business and entrepreneurship as if it's separate from your actual life. And mm. it just isn't like they're super yeah. integrated, especially in the entrepreneur space. Like what happens to your personal life affects your business yep. and vice versa. And we have to talk about it that way. So totally. I'm really excited to talk a lot more about the lifestyle, personal side of having a business. I'll still talk business strategy. Um, but I feel like it's a full picture that a lot of people just kind of neglect Yep. A big part of. Um, so I'm going to be launching, I don't know what, when this episode is going to go live, but I'll be launching some coaching services so mm -hmm. that I can really start working with people one-on-one -on -one and tapping into this a bit more uh, before I decide what to create after that. I really love working mm -hmm. with people in a one-on-one -on -one capacity, especially when you're really trying to discover how you can help people in a larger way. I like to kind of explore with people one-on-one -on -one first yeah. and then, and then grow from there, create maybe some group group programs or passive courses. Uh, we'll see. I think I don't need my business to be, you know, one hour of work a week. It can be more, um, but we'll see. I definitely don't want it to be, you know, eight hours a day, five times, five days a week. That's just and not the life I want to build. Yeah. So. And, and that's the beauty of entrepreneurship is that you can create whatever space you want in your life at whatever yeah. season you want in your life. Like there are some 
um, inspired hustle heavy seasons. And then there are some seasons that are more peaceful and Zen. Like that's what I love so much about online entrepreneurship is you can just figure out what you need and then create it. Yeah. Um, I I love that. So I think it's really interesting that you went from like a low end passive product to a high end service. Cause I feel like most people as a side hustle, they have high end services and then go to low end passive income product when they quit so that they can scale it. And I think it's really interesting. So you're basically going to be using your low end passive products now that you have an audience built up there to, that's going to feed your one-on-one sales then your higher end product. Smart. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, again, a lot of this shifted for me when I started a full-time job again. So actually back in the end of 2018, I'm sorry, end of 2017, mm-hmm. I was doing some one-on-one coaching. I just love working with people one-on-one, but I was no longer wanting to work with them one-on-one in like a task oriented way where I deliver mm-hmm. on tasks in traditional services. I really like my friends. I'll say I coach them all the time. I think coaching is really a zone for me that I enjoy. Yeah. And so, so there's two sides of it. I think if I was just trying to make the most money possible, I would probably honestly just launch more online courses. Yeah. But I really feel like I want to explore what I want to help people with. You know, again, just being super transparent. I don't feel like every single thing is totally figured out for me in this moment. And I really believe that working with people one-on-one can help me refine processes, really get a clearer picture of what people are actually struggling with, not just what they think they're struggling with. Um, and so for me, it's, it's two parts. It is going to be additional revenue. It'll grow the business financially. It'll also be really fun and fulfilling for me, which I'm really trying to focus on doing things that feel fun uh, right now in this season. And uh, services is more time consuming. I believe, um, I think it's less time consuming to create a course and then do one-on-one services, at least for my energy output. Like I, it takes less energy for me to create a course than to like deliver one-on-one services sometimes. And since I'm, um, leaving this full-time job and I'm going to have time to do whatever I want. Uh, again, I'm definitely excited to use some of that to invest more time up front. I think if I was building a business from scratch, I do usually like the philosophy of doing services that lead to products. Um, so I'm doing it a little backwards this time and I'm super excited about it. And I do totally agree with what you're saying that the products I have in place will feed the one-on-one clients. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I feel like I'm in a phase of transition. I think my product suite served me really well the past few years, served me great in 2018. And I think it'll evolve over the next few mm-hmm. years, um, which I'm really excited about that transformation and seeing what it looks like. I, I love all this. So what would your number one tip be for someone who is in a, a, very, a season of a very frustrated side hustle where oh, they, yeah. they're definitely working probably a little bit too hard on their side hustle and they're not seeing results quick enough? What, what's your advice? Yeah, my advice would definitely be to take a step, take a second and actually look at what you're spending your time on, what you're working on and cut it down because chances are you're doing a lot of things you don't actually need to do and a lot of things that aren't giving you any return on your time. I spent no time in 2018 doing anything on Pinterest. Does everyone say you should? Yes. Is it super valuable? Yes. Did I do it? No. Mm -hmm. I just knew my bandwidth. And even right now as I'm side hustling, I'm still not focused on Pinterest. Is it a great long-term strategy? Yes. Do I have the bandwidth for it? No. So I just don't do it. So I think you have to get really, really real with yourself as a side hustler of just what can I actually accomplish? What's worth accomplishing? 
and accepting that you can't do it all and that that's okay. And you don't need to feel bad about it. You don't need to feel shame about it. You don't need to feel like you're behind. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it all to see success and to see results. You just have to do a few things well. So I would really say most of those people are probably doing too many things and that they can either stop doing some of those things or even just adjust how they're doing them. So maybe you're doing a podcast or a YouTube channel and you're doing a full blog post with that piece of content and it's taking you hours to write it out. Can you just do bullet pointed show notes and like still get some SEO benefit without all the time creating that accompanying blog post? You know, it's, it's one of those things you just can't do it all hundred percent. So what are the things you can tweak um, or stop doing so that you have a bit more bandwidth there and can enjoy it more and can take care of yourself because side hustling, it's so easy to burn out when you're side hustling. Mm -hmm. And especially if you love your side hustle and I've been through that season too. And I'm not saying there's not a time for hustling. Um, that's up to you, but you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into a place where you are forced to hustle day in and day out just to like, keep it going. So I think you just have to make some really intentional decisions that aren't always easy to make. Uh, but that's, but I've done, and that would be my piece of advice for sure. I love that advice. It sounds so much like profit planning, cough, cough, um, <laughs> about figuring out what's actually making you profit and eliminating everything that's not. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. it can be so simple. But if you operate under the belief that the harder you work, the more money you will make, you will create more work for yourself because mm, you're protecting that identity of a successful person and, yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, love this. Okay, where can everyone go stalk you and keep chatting with you and become your best friend? Yeah, they can go to meganmins.com to find out more about me, my coaching, all that good stuff. And if they want to, I have a podcast also that you will be on uh, that's called The Productive Life with Megan Mins. So they can find me over on any podcast player as well. Thank you for choosing to spend time with me today. You are incredible for raising your hand to being a CEO and not settling for the hustle-heavy lifestyle of the modern-day entrepreneur. Now, every single month, we have an Amazon gift card drawing for the amazing entrepreneurs that leave us a review on iTunes. Leaving a review helps us get in front of more people, which allows this movement to spread wider and grow faster. So leave a review right now. Drop what you're doing. Leave that amazing review so that you can win the chance to have an Amazon gift card. And also just thanks for sharing this show or this specific episode with a friend or just sharing on Instagram stories. You are helping us accomplish this mission of giving more entrepreneurs control of their time and control of their money. You play such a massive role and I appreciate everything you do. I will talk to you very soon on the next episode. And until then, keep killing it.